Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Underway. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is our fifth annual Propapalooza episode covering all things prop betting for Super Bowl 57. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Sean Kerner, Action Network's Director of Predictive Analytics and one of the best player projectionists out there. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Happy Super Bowl. Uh, I think it goes without saying, this is always one of my favorite podcasts to record each and every year. So uh, happy to be on. I think this is my fourth time. Maybe it's my fifth, but either way, it's this is always one of my favorites. Yeah, we might have had that loser Matthew Friedman on one of the years, but you know, <laughs> nah, shouts to Matthew. Uh, miss you, bro. What's up, Matt? But uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we're, yeah, so we're going to, what we're going to do on this pod is we're going to do a Sunday six pack uh, with our three favorites. So if, Anyone who listens to the normal pod with Stucky and I, you know what that's about. Uh, and then we'll kind of go through, uh, we'll go through pregame exotics. We'll go through the MVP market. We'll go through the touchdown market. We'll go through the uh, quarter half market, player pro- regular just traditional player props uh, and uh, any other type of miscellaneous. So we'll go through pretty much everything from start to finish uh, in this pod. But uh, let's start it off with the Super Bowl 57 Propapalooza Sunday six pack. You get uh, first pick. Where are you going? Uh, so yeah, for my first pick of the Super Bowl six pack, I'm going with who will catch a pass first, Isaiah Pacheco or Miles Sanders. I'm going with Isaiah Pacheco at minus one thirty. This price definitely stuck out to me because Pacheco's coming off his career best receiving line last week. He got five passes for 59 yards. The underlying usage definitely supported that. You know, he ran a season high 52% routes run rate. I mean, you and I were trying to figure this out uh, could be due to just a number of factors, really. Uh, you know, the, the chiefs ran more two to three tight end sets due to all the wide receiver injuries. So, you know, Pacheco's uh, pecking order in the target uh, tree kind of went up um, and, you know, with guys like Nico Hardman out, Kadarius Tony's still iffy. Those are guys that do see design screen passes. So with one or both of them out, 
could help Pacheco uh, in this market. Plus, Patrick Mahomes is dealing with that right ankle injury, so um, he's less likely to scramble and more likely to dump off to his running back, Pacheco, when he is on the field. So I'm projecting Pacheco closer to 1.8 receptions, which is in line with the market. And Miles Sanders, you know, he's typically used in early down run-heavy situations. Uh, plus, Jalen Hurts uh, tends to scramble more often than he does check it down to running back. So I'm projecting Sanders closer to his 0.9 <laughs> receptions, which is also in line with the market. So it's tricky to really give an exact projection for this, but based on the receptions, you know, it's likely in the 67% range that Pacheco gets the first reception. So I, I would set the fair line closer to like minus 200 for this market. So I think we're getting quite a bit of value here. And I would, I bet this up to minus 160, even minus 170 or so. Yeah, I like it. I think uh, Pacheco is going to be more involved in this game plan as a receiver, because uh, as you mentioned, I think those heavier tight end formations are here mm -hmm. to stay. And uh, when you do that, you know, you got, you got to worry about those edge players for Philly. I think it's more likely to use a guy like Noah Gray, maybe a Fortson to block. Obviously Kelsey's not going to be that guy. So uh, it does free up the running back. And I think they, I think they want to get Pacheco the ball. I mean, after seeing yeah. what he did in the championship and I'll talk about it later, but uh, Pacheco's also been a lot better than McKinnon on the ground too. So they really have no reason not to feature Pacheco in this game, in my opinion. Uh, all right. For my first pick in the second overall of the Super Bowl 57 Sunday six pack, I'm going with over 10 accepted penalties uh, at minus 110. Uh, Carl Sheffers is known for calling a lot of penalties uh, all time, he's called 11 or more penalties 78% of the time, uh, regular and postseason. Uh, and he's called nine or fewer just 15% of the time. He's called exactly 10, 7% <laughs> of the time. Now, in the postseason, he does swallow the whistle a little bit more. But uh, I still, especially if you can get the 10, uh, I think there's still a big edge because uh, he's called 11 or more 50% of the time in the postseason. He's called exactly 10, 42% wow. of the time. And then nine or fewer just 8% of the time. So if you can get that. Uh, on exactly 10, I think you're still getting a big edge. 10 and a half, I still think there's an edge there as well. But uh, overall, this guy just caused a lot of penalties. And uh, I'm not sure. I think the books are kind of just pricing it, do you know, league average penalty numbers here. So uh, big edge on, on uh, the over. You know, I love me some uh, ref stats. I think it would matter if it's 10 to 10 and a half, yeah. just based on his postseason rate of 10 exactly. Yeah, that's such so, a small sample because like, yeah. when we're looking at all time, we're talking about over a decade when we're talking about postseason we're talking about like 12 games so i, yeah. I would still i would still kind of lean toward the uh the one with like you know 10x more games yeah, like that. yeah. so that's why i, still, I think even at 10 and a half i think there's an edge but but yeah if you want to go by the postseason then obviously you want the uh 10 even uh which i it, it i have seen at a number of books in the market all right we're going for your second uh so for my second pick of the Super Bowl six pack is the Chiefs to call the first time out at minus 115. Um, and again, this this seems like a market where, you know, it should be similar to a coin toss or it's more of a 50-50 type of thing uh, that just comes down to luck, luck. But that's just not the case. Some coaches are they're more likely to waste timeouts uh, than others. Um, and I consider a wasted timeout, you know, a timeout used either on offense or defense you know, outside of the the last four minutes of the half, um, you know, whether it's trying to prevent a delay of game penalty, um, not having the right person on the field or whatever reason. Um, ideally, coaches would save their timeouts for the last four minutes of the half to stop the clock uh, for strategic reasons. 
Um, and Sean McVay is one of the worst in wasting timeouts. That's why I hammered the Rams uh, to call the first timeout last year. Uh, but this year, I'm showing value in both directions, actually. Uh, on the season, Andy Reid has been pretty sloppy when it comes to timeouts. Uh, the Chiefs have called the first timeout in 15 of 19 games this oh, year. Wow. So that's 79%. Uh, he's going through timeouts like they're cheeseburgers. Yeah. Uh, and 12 <laughs> of those uh, first timeouts were of the wasted variety. That, that's typically what a first timeout is going to be, right? It's a wasted timeout. Um, and on the other side, Nick Sirianni is very good at conservative his uh, timeouts. Uh, he typically does not waste timeouts um, since he come in, came in the league. Uh, in this season, he's only called the first timeout in seven of 19 games. So that's a 37% rate. Um, and only five of those have been of the wasted variety. So um, this is one of those things. Once it gets closer to the two-minute warning, it's going to come down to luck. But I do think the chances are good that Andy Reid's going to blow a timeout well before Nick Sirianni does. So this is a market I would set the line closer to, you know, the Chiefs calling this around 60, 65 percent most of the time uh, for the first time out. So I love the value we're getting here at minus 115. And I would bet this up to, you know, minus 140 or so. I just think uh, this is one of those props I, I feel really, really good about. Yeah, I saw a stat saying that uh, essentially, I believe it, the Eagles were the only team that didn't blow a first uh, a timeout on a late play call on offense or something like that. So yeah, they yeah. They, don't, they don't waste timeouts very often. Yeah. Um, and, and when they do, it's usually you know it's it's not for the the reasons that most teams do, which is like you said, like the play is late getting in or something like that. So yeah, I like this one too. It's a good find. Uh, all right, for my. Second and the fourth overall pick of the Super Bowl 57 Sunday six-pack. I'm going Patrick Mahomes' longest run under 11 and a half yards uh, at minus 125. Uh, he's been under in 12 of his 19 games this season. That's uh, 63%. And that's with him being mostly healthy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly also plays a lot of zone, so it's not like they're turning uh, and running with the, with the receiver as much, which kind of limits where the quarterback can go and how long he can go. So, Obviously, Mahomes could be a little bit healthier uh, in this game than he was two weeks ago in the championship. But uh, still for the season, uh, he would be uh, the, the true odds for this would be closer to about minus 180. And if you look at uh, just what Philadelphia is going to do, like he could get he could get more runs. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to he's going to break like a 12 yarder. So uh, most of the markets expecting him to get uh, about three carries that aren't near mm. downs. Um, so you're looking at, you know, probably three chances. You know, maybe you get a fourth, uh, but you know, I I think the uh, I, I think the uh, the number is too high here in terms of eleven and a half. I think it should be closer, you know, to to nine, ten and a half, so closer to like what a, a true scramble would be, plus plus minus like a couple of yards. So, uh, he, and a scramble by the way is seven yards average. So, mm. uh, yeah. So th- this is this would be a tough one even at full strength. I think this would be a little overvalued, but uh, with him with the uncertainty, I like it even more. So going Mahomes under uh, eleven and a half for a long. Oh, I like it. Um, I, I have just been avoiding all Patrick Mahomes rushing <laughs> props. I didn't even build that out in my simulator. That's how much I'm fading it. But <laughs> I didn't realize his longest rush prop was this high. Yeah. So if if you if you're showing value, like even if he was healthy, yeah. Um, I just love the downside. Uh, the fact that he's not healthy. Um, so yeah, the, I'm gonna have to check this one out. This seems too good to be true. Yeah, they, it, it <laughs> seems like everyone's just kind of pricing his rushing numbers closer to back you know, right back at the season average, which again, could be, but like I said, yeah. even if it's at a season average, that's, it's still too high. So, uh, all right. Where are you going for your third? So my, for my third pick of the Super Bowl six pack, I'm going with 
The Chiefs to have the longest gross punt in the game at minus 155. Uh, gross punt just meaning how far the ball travels. That's not including the distance. Uh, you know, Tommy Townsend has been anything but gross this year. He has been awesome. His 50.4 yards per punt ranks second on the season. Uh, I mean, he's been really, really good. I already locked in his prop of over 46 and a half yards for his first punt. I think he's going to boom a few punts in this game. Um, and on the other side, the Eagles, we don't really know who their punter is going to be. Um, Aaron Sipsis returned from the IR, uh, but it's unclear if he's going to actually play in the Super Bowl. Uh, and he only averaged 45.6 yards per punt, which ranked 26th. So e- even if he does play, he's going to be a bit rusty. Maybe he's less than 100%. Uh, and if he's unable to go, it'll be Brett Kern, who's even worse. He's averaged 40.8 yards per punt. Granted, limited action this season. The only punter, I use that in quotes, that has a lower yards per punt is Jake Elliott, who yeah. subbed in <laughs> for Sippus when he got injured in game. So that just goes to show the Eagles don't really have much, uh, you know, on the punting side. So uh, in my Sims, you know, I'm getting the Chiefs around a 70% chance to have the longest punt in this game so i'm showing the fair price close to the closer to minus 235 in this market and that's with the best case scenario of eagles having uh sippus returning in this game so um if if it were to be kern you know it'd be closer to minus 250 maybe minus 300 uh so i love the value we're getting here at minus 155 and i i bet this probably up to minus 200 nice yeah and you, know, you could also get some luck go your way if the Chiefs just happen to punt more than the Eagles, which is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The market for that's uh, basically a coin flip, so that that's not really a factor in this. But yeah, that's certainly something that could go against me in this. But really, we just need a couple punts from Townsend to probably get something that clears fifty-five yards, uh, and it's it's hard to see e- either Eagles punter getting that far. Um, so again, we probably only need two to three punts anyway to to take down this market. All right, uh, for my third and final, the sixth overall of the Super Bowl 57 Sunday six-pack, uh, I'm going with the Eagles' total rushing yards under 149.5. I think there's some recency bias here because the Eagles, uh, you know, they have been blowing teams out of late, and that obviously lets you run the ball more. But even in their second playoff game against the, the 49ers, who didn't have a quarterback, they only got to 148. Uh, so they didn't. Even, they only cleared this in one of the two despite – you know, having these blowout game scripts. Now you're looking at what could possibly be their most neutral or negative game script of the season because, uh, you know, they're favored by a point, point and a half. Uh, that would be the lowest of the season So with Hurts in the lineup. So uh, for the season, they've been under 149 and a half in 12 of their 19 games at 63%. So, uh, and including one of the playoff games. So, you know, it's going to take a, while we know they want to run the ball, This it, it still would take a lot. Uh, or for them to like for this to be the median, uh, I think this is a pretty um, optimistic outcome for Philadelphia. And if they get behind early, if the Chiefs go up, you know, seven nothing or something like that, uh, I think it's going to be a lot tougher because Philadelphia they do like to come out early in the game and throw the ball. So what usually happens is they come out early, you know, things are working for them, they get a lead, and then they're able to run for most of the second half. But if they're not able to do that against the Chiefs, which you know, of all the teams and all the offenses they face this year, uh, you know, Mahomes is the best quarterback. It's probably the best offense. Uh, then you're not going to see the same amount of rush volume. So, uh, and the Chiefs have been pretty solid against the run, pretty much league average. So uh, I think this is a little bit of a of recency bias, just looking at that 
that Giants game. They've they played the Giants so much in the last, you know, uh, last yeah. part of the season that in the Giants were one of the worst teams against the run. And then they also played the Bears, who were, I believe, the worst in the league. So they played like a bunch of bottom, uh, bottom three run defenses and, uh, over this last, you know, six, seven weeks that I think it's just a little bit of recency bias, a little bit of inflation here. Uh, I would set this closer to about 142 uh, or 142 and a half or something like that. So I like the value on under uh, 149 and a half. Yeah, I like it. And I, I was surprised that they didn't clear this last week. Uh, you know, granted, the 49ers are an elite run defense, but I just thought since they blew them out, um, they would have cleared it. So um, I'm looking at my sim and I, I have the median around 133, but that's without Boston Scott. <laughs> um, so that that's really close to your 142. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I'm, Scott for like, yeah, eight to 10 yards. Yeah, like eight yeah. to 10 yards. Exactly. Um, and just this is a game where the Eagles will be a little bit more pass heavy than usual because it will be a rare, close, potentially trailing game script. So yeah, I could definitely get behind this one as well. All right. Uh, so that's our six pack to recap. Uh, Sean has Pacheco to catch a pass before Miles Sanders at minus 130. The Chiefs to call the first timeout at, at minus 115. And uh, the Chiefs to have the longer gross punt at minus 155. Going over 10 accepted penalties at minus 110. Uh, Mahomes' longest run under 11 and a half at minus 125. And the Eagles under 149 and a half rushing yards. Uh, all right, now let's uh, let's start talking with <laughs> some of the uh, the other props in this game. We'll start with uh, some pregame exotics. I think the big one really is is going to be the national anthem. Uh, obviously, this is going to be no edge on betting the coin toss or anything like that. But so I'm looking. So so Chris Stapleton is is who's singing it. Uh, but the, I, the the over under I've seen is is two minutes and five seconds. Uh, going back over the last 16 years, only four uh, of the anthems have gone over that. Uh, and the other 12 have gone under. So I think there's a lot of value on the under. Last year, uh, I believe it was like, they did like a minute 45 or something. Uh, it was way too, way too uh, low so that we were banging the over. But really, mm-hmm. I think a lot of, what a lot of people do is they end up looking at the the singer and looking at their p- previous ones. But you can't really do that because they always kind of uh, drag it out because it's the Super Bowl. So I think you just have to kind of look at the prior Super Bowls in general. And that's what, that's what's kind of been working for me over the years. So uh, at the, at that 205 number, I would go under. The average has been 159, uh, and the median has been 156 and a half over these last uh, uh, 16 Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's this is a under a rare under year for the wow. Anthem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I usually just tell you on these. I, I put zero effort in any pregame props, but I wonder is he going to be playing a guitar? Do we know? I don't know. I, that's a good question. That's something I think when, when I used still kind of can play guitar, but when you're playing guitar, um, you're going to be less likely to like speed up or slow down. You're gonna, probably going to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. So if he's playing with the guitar, um, if there's any, like, you know, sometimes we get word of like the, the practice time, like how long he took in practice, it's probably going to be, a, you know, a narrow range of outcomes if he's playing with a guitar, because that'll keep him in line. You know what I'm looking at too. What's really interesting. I'm looking at the names now. I think he's only one. He's only like the, the second or third guy over the last sixteen. Oh, years. like Mickey Guyton, Jasmine Sullivan, Demi Lovato, yeah, Knight, Pink, Lady Gaga, Adina Menzel, Renee Fleming, Alicia Keys, and, Parks, and Carrie Underwood, Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Hudson, Jordan Spark. Like it was Billy Joel. And Billy Joel was playing Luke a Bryan, piano. Luke, Luke Bryan and all three of them. Oh, Eric Church. Well, that was with Jasmine. So. 
they had a uh, when they had a duet, it was over. The only two guys <laughs> have both been under. Uh, given one has been under by a second, if it was two hundred five, but it was at two hundred four, and the other one, Billy Joel, was one thirty. So that's that's something I just thought about. Um, interesting. That's, that's kind of interesting too. And Luke Bryan might have been the only one playing guitar if he was playing guitar at it. Yeah, and he was. Um, yeah, so he was two hundred four. So maybe that's a good line. Maybe two hundred five. Yeah. Very sharp line, but either way, I like I I always find that you got to kind of just look back at the uh, at the kind of the overall how how long it goes in the Super Bowl versus like the specific singer. Um, so I would mm. still go under either way, but it obviously depends on you know the, the book. The lines could differ drastically, I guess. Yeah. So um, my next question is like, wh- when would you time this? Do you think this is something that will likely go up? Like, do people usually bet on the over, and you know, we'll add a couple seconds, or is this something we should get now? I think I think I'd wait because I think people in general like to bet overs. So mm-hmm. you know the over is still it's kind of just like uh, it's just another over and it's like <laughs> an over to start the game too. So I would I would I could see it going up a little bit, especially you know the the year before last uh, it, it went to two seventeen. So you know that's you know yeah looking at that and saying okay maybe maybe it goes that high. So yeah, I would I would usually bet on people betting on the over. That's tends to be how it goes especially like the final note they want to see that final note really get stretched out so i think yeah the over will probably get the most action so uh that that would be my guess too hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, uh, let's talk some uh, Super Bowl MVP yeah. here. Um, you know, I think the important thing to know, first of all, is just some high level. About 70% uh, of the winners over the last decade mm-hmm. and a half have been quarterbacks. Uh, two of the last four have been pass catchers. And even if Hup didn't win last year. It would have been T. Higgins, as we all know. So it would have <laughs> yes. been a pass catcher, uh, at, no matter the outcome. Uh, last year, no running back since uh, the turn of the century. I think the last one was uh, 98, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, Philly, I think, has a decent chance to turn yeah. if they win. But um, uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see your thoughts. But to me, the biggest thing that stood out in this market is that you have Mahomes and Hurts at plus, one, uh, plus 130, right? Uh, on FanDuel and no one else is shorter than plus 1600. So it's like, if you just uh, look at that plus 130 number, like the true odds for each quarterback probably should be closer to like plus 160 set plus 170. Yeah. You take like 35% each, depending on how much, how good of much of a chance you think each team has to win. Right. But I think the advantage of picking a quarterback in this market is that you can pair them and now create a situation where you can, you can kind of lock in a profit if like a couple of your selections hit, for example, you have Hertz at plus one thirty. AJ Brown is eighteen to one. So our hedging calculator can calculate like the optimal, uh, you know, way that if like let's say you put a hundred dollars on Hertz, how much would you have to put on Brown to lock in a profit? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you only need to put about twelve bucks on Brown. So it's like once you, if you want to roster a quarterback, like you're you're not getting a true value in terms of the true odds compared to the, um, you know, uh, listed odds. But mm-hmm. you're getting this situation where you're saying, okay, I can kind of play with the correlations now because if I think the Eagles are going to win, I take Hurts. I have the most likely got to win the game uh, to win the award. And then I can go Brown at 18 to 1. I can go Smith at, at 31 to 1. I can go Sanders at 25 to 1. And I'm kind of locking in a large percentage of the win probability 
yeah. uh, of the distribution for that specific team. So that's how I would kind of go about it. Like, I think the worst value would be to just take like each quarterback, like, like, like yeah. <laughs> Hertz plus 130 Mahomes and no one else. I think you have to pick a side, either Hertz or Mahomes, and then take a, and then t- and then pair them with a couple of long shots. But uh, how, are, how are you approaching? No, I, I think that's sharp. Um, and, you know, just like you said, taking these quarterbacks, there, there's not much value there just when you factor in the, the win probability mm-hmm. and then the chances of it being a quarterback. So I like to take swings um, at some of the skill players. And we almost hit T. Higgins last year because we had that play where Joe Mixon threw the touchdown to T. Higgins and then he had another long touchdown. So that was the perfect storm for a player like T Higgins to hit. So I'm taking a swing on a running back and wide receiver this year. So the running back I'm going to take a swing on is Miles Sanders at 25 to one. And you kind of hinted at it that, um, you know, it's been a while since we've seen a running back win MVP, but this is a game where it could definitely happen. You know, the Eagles are a run heavy team. Um, I'm already on Sanders prop to lead the game in rushing yards at plus 175. Uh, and the reason I love that prop is his usage has been capped all season due to the Eagles being involved in so many blowouts. So his rush attempts per share among Eagles running backs is 79% when the Eagles are trailing or winning by fewer than seven points. And it drops to 61% when the Eagles were up by seven plus, and it drops even more than that when they're up by 10 plus 14 plus. So I think we're going to get Sanders closer to his true ceiling in this game. And I also like to look at previous games like were there any other games this season he would have won MVP if you look at week four he absolutely would have won MVP he ran for uh he rushed 27 times for 134 yards two touchdowns caught two passes for 22 yards uh Jalen Hurts only threw for 204 yards didn't throw a touchdown threw a pick uh ran six times for 30 yards and a touchdown so I'm saying Miles Sanders would have won MVP in week four weeks 12 and 14 he had a similar line but i think hertz probably would have won mvp um in those weeks but sanders would have been in the discussion at least um last week in the conference yeah. championship i i guess sanders would have been in the discussion he had 11 carries for 42 yards and two touchdowns which doesn't sound great but jalen hertz only threw for 121 yards ran 11 times for 30 yards and a touchdown so there was a chance Sanders would have won. So just, just by looking at that, uh, I think we're getting some decent value at 25 to one. I, I certainly think he has a clear path to get there, right? If he just rushes for a couple touchdowns, rushes for over hundred yards um, and Hertz doesn't go off. Uh, it's likely Sanders would win MVP. Um, and on the other side, it's more of just a complete dart throw, but Marquez Valdez Scantling at 60 to one caught my eye. I mean, MVS for MVP has a nice ring to mm-hmm. it. So I already like that. Uh, but he has a path to a ceiling game as well with Michael Hardman out, Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith Schuster potentially less than 100%, even if they do suit up. Um, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, he has a massive, massive ceiling. He hasn't really flashed that this year, but last week was his best game of the season. He caught six passes for 116 yards and a touchdown, likely because all the receivers went down. So I think they could also take some shots when he's lined up across from James Bradbury, who is an excellent corner, but he does not have the speed to keep up with MVS. So there's a chance MVS could get a deep ball or two um, and have, he has a path at least to hitting MVP. I would say more often than 60 to one. Um, so I just like the value we're getting there. He he hasn't shown it yet this ceiling, but he does have that sort of upside. So I think he's my favorite long shot in the MVP uh, market. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I'll mention like even a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's a lot shorter odds. Like I like the Chiefs receivers because the the thing about the 
Eagles receivers, right? Is if like if AJ Brown has a big game, let's say he scores two touchdowns, that means Jalen Hurts has thrown for two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is probably also gonna run for a decent amount yeah. of yardage and potentially also score a rushing touchdown or one of the running like Philadelphia is probably gonna do something on the ground. So it's like at that point, I think it kind of flips back to Hurts. But with the with the Chiefs, it's like first of all, Mahomes already has one, but like the, the Eagles defense is so good that and and Philadelphia uh the Kansas City offense pass catcher wise is kind of banged up that like there's a chance that Mahomes could play below his averages but one pass catcher could stand out and mm-hmm. so that could be MVS like it was last week uh I think Kelsey at 16 to 1 is in play remember he scored in five straight postseason games six of the last seven 90 plus yards in in in, in uh six of the last seven so uh, I think he's squarely in that mix as well. And, you know, he has that narrative working for, for him too with the, the whole yeah. other thing. But, like, <laughs> I kind of compare it, you know, last year, and, and granted the Rams were bigger favorites, but you had Cooper Cup close around, around six to one as the best pass catcher in that game, to, you know, most likely to mm. win. And he did win, but, like, now you're getting Kelsey at 16 to one. I think that's, you know, in terms of, okay, likelihood of Cup Kelsey having big games, I think it's pretty equal. You know, especially given what Kelsey's done in the postseason. So uh, I like him uh, at 16 to 1. And then as a long shot, kind of going off what you said with Sanders, I think even Kenny Gainwell is worth a shot at 130 to 1 because we've seen, you know, now the, the Eagles, like they could get, there's two different game scripts where I think Gainwell could end up winning the award. One is if, if they happen to go up early, it's going to be Sanders, it's going to be Hurts. But if Gainwell kind of mixes in more because they're up big, uh, which he has been doing, uh, then he has a chance to score, you know, multiple touchdowns. He's a better pass catcher. And if they're, they could also have a situation where they're in comeback mode. And that would kind of negate all the Chiefs, like the Chiefs pass catchers, Kelsey, Mahomes, all those guys could have big games. But then if the Eagles come back and win, you'll probably see a lot of gain well. And if he gets mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown or even two, uh, and let's say Hertz doesn't run for one, then you're looking at gain well. So, um, I, I like Gainwell at 130 to one. I think I think these Eagles backs are, are really interesting. And we've kind of seen a script where, you know, all each of the three of them, you know, can kind of be the highest, uh, most productive player in the game. So I, I think I know running backs haven't won in a long time, but uh, I do like their odds uh, being priced so high so long. Yeah. And uh, just going back to Kelsey, I saw I found two games where he absolutely would have won MVP this year. Uh, divisional round against the Bengals, mm-hmm. 14 catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. That was most of the Chiefs receiving production. So he would have won it over Mahomes. Against the Jags, I mean, yeah, against the Jags. Oh, against the Jags. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. this is this isn't lined up. And week <laughs> 11, um, he would have won it against the Chargers. He caught six balls for 115 yards, three touchdowns. That was most of their production. Um, so I think they would have given it to him. Uh, and there, there's been some other games he where he would have been down game too. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately he only caught uh, seven balls for 25 yards. Yeah. But so that one, I mean, you still, yeah. Yeah. The homes. <laughs> yeah. So that game, Mahomes threw two ninety two with four touchdowns. So yeah. the fact that every touchdown went to Kelsey, I was going to say he was in the discussion, discussion but we're, we've, we've got at least two plus games already yeah. that I've identified. So I, I, even though 61 seems low, like you said, Cooper Cup was 6-1 to last year, and he won. So uh, I, I do think Kelsey's offering some value at 16-1. to Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this market is pretty – like, usually you see it – because I guess because we don't usually have such a close spread, you see them a little yeah. more split, uh, you know, like some shorter odds. But everyone is 
16 or higher on FanDuel at least um, mm -hmm. after Mahomes and Hurts. So that's a pretty unique kind of market that we don't usually get, especially because we know like 70% of the time it's going to be one of the two quarterbacks. So it's kind of, yeah. it's a unique market where you can kind of back into yeah. the different uh, choices. Like we almost did with Higgins last year. Oh yeah. Don't even, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I will say this though. I don't think there's as much of a slam dunk. Like the way yeah. Higgins, what was he like 50 to one? Did we get 40 60 to one? He got yeah. up to 60 to one. Yeah, like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a slam dunk, uh, you know, kind of choice the way there was with Higgins. Uh, yeah. It's more, it's more so just that, um, there's a lot of guys that are in that, you know, twenty to or fifteen to one to sixty mm -hmm. to one range because all the starters are in that range. So it's just kind of pick your favorite starter. But I do like that Sanders one a lot because that we've seen that so many times this year where it's just like Sanders will score the first touchdown. Sanders might even score the second touchdown and they just put him on ice. So it's like, it's the Super yeah. Bowl. You don't need to put him on ice. <laughs> if he scores, let's say one early or two early, even, I mean, he might get a chance to get that third and then that would really yep. put him over the edge. So uh, I do like that. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to the touchdown markets. Now uh, another favorite of betters this time of year. Um, let's start with anytime touch. We'll talk first touchdown. I know you do, mm -hmm. you do projections for that as well as anytime. Uh, so we'll get, we'll talk that, but let's start with anytime touchdowns. Um, for me, I, I know I've talked about this, you know, Travis Kelsey stands out. He's not like a traditional value in terms of my model um, at minus one twenty five. I think that's actually probably a little overvalued as is every player in this market, to be clear, <laughs> yeah. like the books, because they don't usually offer a no. Uh, we'll see if they do this year. Sometimes they do for the Super Bowl, but um, I do think this is Kelsey's kind of a model breaker when it comes to the postseason. He scored in 11 of his last 14 postseason games he scored in each of the last five uh this guy just does nothing but find the end zone in the playoffs now you got this narrative with him going up against his brother i, I just think they're, if, if they can obviously you're playing a win and you're gonna you disguise what you need to disguise and do what you need to do but if there's anyone that can get a specific player a touchdown when <laughs> they want it is andy reed and then it is patrick mahomes and it is travis kelsey all of the best you know at their given at what they do so uh I kind of ignore, you know, I have it closer to like around 50, 50, uh, where minus 125 is obviously, you know, greater than that. But uh, I would, you know, just because of how much he's done uh, in the postseason in terms of getting in the end zone, I would kind of ignore the like the median projection and kind of just say, like, if you're looking for anyone to find the end zone in this game, I, I would I would bet my money on Kelsey. Yeah, and it's, it's also a good hedge with Jody Fortson too. Yeah. Uh, Cause you figure one of them will score, you, you ideally you'd want Fortson, the long shot. Uh, but if he doesn't, it's probably because Kelsey scored. Uh, they might also both score too. So there's that going uh, for both of them. But uh, I, I do like the idea of taking Kelsey along with Fortson, yep. who, who we'll get to later. Make of course. The, oh, no, make the case for Fortson <laughs> right now. Well, I was going to make the case. You, you have him for any time touchdown. I was going to make the case for first okay, touchdown. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So for any time, Fortson, he's 12 to 1 right now yeah. uh, at FanDuel. 29% uh, of his career catches have gone for touchdowns. 38% of his targets this year have been in the red zone and he's averaging eight routes per game, which is pretty good for a number three uh, tight end. So essentially this guy is kind of a touchdown maker. He's a red zone, uh, pretty much a red zone only guy here. And uh, that's, that's good for any time touchdown. And, and I'm sure you'll make the case for, for first touchdown as well. Um, and one more, other, one other guy that I saw some value on uh, is Zach Pascal. His anytime touchdown odds are 15 to one. And he's started to come on and, and, and see his role grow these last few weeks. And even not just in the playoffs, but going back to the regular season, uh, it's he's, his usage has been going up and Quez Watkins is, has been going down. So 
Uh, Pascal, you know, in the postseason, he's seen about 10 routes per game. And that's kind of what he's been doing uh, over the last you know month or so dating back to the regular season. And uh, so like at this point, you know, if he stays at that usage, which, you know, now we're talking about a handful of games here, you kind of have to project him for in that mm-hmm. neighborhood. Uh, his median catch now, it would be around one catch. You know, it's, it's a lot of times, it, you know, when he's running, you know, less than 10 routes a game, talking about a median of a half a catch or no catches. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's actually, I, I think, one catch. And then now you're just looking for him, you know, to for that one catch to be a touchdown. Uh, which you know would happen about six to not six to ten percent of the time, depending on what you're looking at this year or his career averages. And uh, he also got a carry inside the uh, the ten yard line this year. So uh, you know we don't know exactly what they're going to cook up with him. But like if there's anyone that they won't expect here, like if the catch <laughs> to catch uh, the Chiefs off guard, it's Zach Pascal, and he has been seeing an uptick in playing time. I think because because of his run blocking, probably more more mm-hmm. than anything. But um, you know there there's it's certainly out of all the players when you're looking at okay like even Fortson is 12 to 1 so even the books are somewhat on to him uh Pascal could run more routes than Fortson uh, he has been and uh obviously the usage isn't quite the same but here you're just looking for routes you're just looking for guys that at least gives you a shot because they're going to be on the field uh and so Pascal is that one other guy I, I think that that in that deep in the long shots that uh, could pay off yeah, he's been um, playing a lot more like in the red zone yep. offense, like around the goal line. He was in, like you said, run blocking. Uh, he was lined up in the slot um, and they could have easily, you know, run an RPO where, you know, Hertz doesn't give it to Sanders because he sees the cornerback come in and Pascal's wide open for a two yard touchdown. Like that could be available to the Eagles based on the personnel they've been using anyway around the goal line lately. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, I mean, even maybe a guy like Jack Stoll as well, then like anyone who lines up and usually is playing on those run formations because the Eagles run so many RPOs, those runs mm-hmm. could easily turn to passes. That's actually a really good yeah. point. Uh, all right. Yeah. So who do you like for first touchdown? Yeah. So uh, first touchdown, I, I was saying Jody Fortson at 55 to one to 60 mm-hmm. to one. You can get him in that range. Um, seems like pretty good value to me. Uh, just based on my model, I'm showing around 50 being his fair price, but you know, I, I think that he would be more likely to score the first touchdown just because that's going to be more of a schemed up play uh, where he probably benefits. I mean, they could do something where they do that ring around the rosy thing, you know, mm-hmm. that chaos play. They line up weird. They're trying to distract the Eagles to cover Kelsey and Fortson's wide open. Uh, I mean, anytime Fortson scored a touchdown, it's been, you know, some creative play in the red zone. So I just think that early in the game, that's probably the more likely time you'd see him schemed up. Plus, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are going to be running uh, a lot of heavy two, three tight end sets. I think they'll do that early on. So I think that you're just might as well take a shot on him. 55 to one, 61. I like him at either price tag uh, to score the first touchdown. Yeah. I like that as well. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he finds the end zone. It's somehow some way. And I think, yeah, like I said, <laughs> first touchdown makes a lot of sense with a guy like him because the, the more you get behind, the more you probably go with more receivers and this and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I looked at the just for, for this year, the you know, each player, how often they scored the first touchdown for the Eagles. I, I found that Jalen Hurts uh led them six first touchdowns in 17 games. So, um, you know, that's he scored the first touchdown about 35% of the time, uh, for them. So if you slice that in half, you're looking more like 17, 18 percent. Uh, his first touchdown odds are plus 800, so that's only an 11 percent chance. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much past data is going to be predictive here, but. Um, there's nothing really else for us to look at. So yeah. I, I do think that's something, you know, 
to to, to kind of keep in mind six six times out of the 17 games that's a lot uh for Jalen Hurts so I, he would be my pick on the Eagles and then Kelsey for the Chiefs I mean it's been ridiculous eight out of <laughs> eight out of their 19 games he has gotten the first touchdown so that's about 42 percent of the time uh and there are markets where we can bet just the first team touchdown too but uh you slice that in half uh and that's about 21 percent and his first touchdown odds are plus 650 which is about 13 percent. so you're getting a ton of value there if you think that you know those numbers can, can hold up so kind of the chalk but it's like a rare place where the chalk is probably undervalued at least based on uh what we've seen in the past and then mckinnon has five five himself uh in, in the 19 game so it's been kind of really concentrated with between kelsey and mckinnon on the chiefs uh only other person with more than one is hardman uh with two out mm. of nine and he's he doesn't look like he's going to play so, right uh yeah if it's not it's not kelsey it's mckinnon so maybe maybe you build a little uh portfolio and you got both of those guys in there uh some pretty decent odds yeah i, I was gonna say that the you know, season long data might be a bit skewed because both teams are 14 and three. They were right, more right, likely right. to score the first touchdown. Now they're, it's pretty even. Oh, so no, this is for the team, though. This is, for oh, the, this, I was going to say, I was going to no, say, yeah. So I'm already, so I'm, I'm doing I prefer, like Kelsey eight out of 19 for the Chiefs and then I divide. Oh, right. So like, yeah. So this is, this is for the, 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 the team itself. And so like Kelsey eight out of the 19, McKinnon five out of the 19, wow. everybody else six combined. And these these are the markets I was going to mention that I prefer to bet on because it kind of takes the luck out of it. Um, you know, I think it's a coin flip which team will score first. So I think if you feel really good about these, I actually prefer these markets where you're betting on the first player from that team to score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, you can like they're, they're, both of them are exist. Like I was just taking the first for the team and then dividing yeah. those odds by two to get the first for the game. And I'm saying I'm still showing a ton of value even yeah. doing it that way. Uh, but obviously, yeah, when you when you look at it for team, it's uh it's the same thing. But yeah, Kelsey, McKinnon, uh, and Hertz have been like the overwhelming mm. uh favorites or should be the overwhelming favorites for the for that market. Uh all right. Anyone else uh touchdowns? Yeah, so for the anytime touchdowns, uh I'm still showing value on Quez Watkins at plus seven fifty. And granted, he's a player. We always pick on his uh, you know, his floor, I, I have him, you know, with a 25 to 30% chance of not catching a single pass in this game. So obviously he has a very low floor, but he does carry upside and, you know, long touchdowns. So all three of his touchdowns this year have been on targets 20 plus yards downfield. Um, so he's always a threat for a long touchdown that he's probably going to have a better path to get there in a game where the Eagles are going to be more pass heavy. He'll probably have to be more aggressive throwing downfield. So um, based on his three touchdowns, in 16 games, his fair price would be closer to plus 430 here. So I'm showing quite a bit of value on him at plus 750. Again, he's a player I'm only interested in investing in his ceiling. I'm not going to touch the over on his reception prop or his receiving yard prop, but sign me up for his anytime touchdown plus 750. The other player that does stick out a little bit, um, and again, it's kind of questionable because I wasn't going to attack his rushing props, but it's Patrick Mahomes at plus 500. Uh, you know, he was clearly limited by his ankle injury last week, but he was able to gut it out for, you know, the scramble on the game-winning um, play where he drew that foul. So, you know, I, I think with an extra week, he's going to be only healthier. I don't think he's going to run a ton in this game, but certainly high leverage situations, especially near the goal line, um, you know, the Eagles might not cover him and he could scramble, you know, for a five-yard touchdown. So I think he has sneaky value at plus 500 because – he scored a touchdown four of 17 games this year. That would translate to a plus 325 
price tag. So while I know that he's probably not going to be 100% here, in the you know red zone offense, like I, I think he's probably going to be pretty straight up there. So I think he's offering some slight value at plus 500 right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting with Mahomes because I think the markets are going to kind of be all over the place, and uh, it's it's like the books are having a hard time setting it. So yeah, I don't mind that at all. Actually, you know, like that's the way I think you want to invest it on Mahomes if you think it's yeah. going to be healthier. Um, because yeah, it, he doesn't necessarily set up for a huge rushing game, but if there ever a time for him to you know gut it out and and put his body on the line, it would yeah. be either end the game like we saw that against yeah. the Bengals or in uh, in the red zone. All right, uh, let's go on. Let's talk about uh, props. Uh, let's talk about some of the quarter half stuff. Um, I don't. I haven't made any bets on quarter half yet, but I, I do. I can tell you that uh, the first half of the last sixteen seasons, uh, eleven five and one to the under, uh, averaging mm. going under by three point eight points per game. Uh, the under has gone. It's gone under in four in a row, six of the last seven, uh, and eight of the last uh, eleven. Whereas the second half is pretty much even. Uh, so and, and in the first quarter, especially, I know it tends to kind of start off a little bit slower. Uh, these teams are the t- two of the top three teams in scoring in the second quarter. So I think if I was looking for a slow start, I would go first quarter um, more so than second than first half, just because these teams do kind of uh, start to get going in the second quarter. The Phillies averaging 12, uh, just over 12 points a game, first in the league in the second quarter, and Casey is third at just over 10 a game. Did you have any bets? Uh, I remember last year, didn't you have a bet for the first quarter, first half? Yeah, I, I, under. I believe I did. I had some under. I think it might have been first quarter. But, yeah, this year I'm not as mm-hmm. sure. So I, 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 do, I do think that the – like if you are betting under based on the trends, I would go first quarter because that's where you've seen uh, yeah. start a little slower. But just these teams have been so good in the second quarter. But I, I do think that, mm. um, you know, if you're looking at kind of the full game total, you know, the – you can you can probably the, the first quarter t- tend to start slow in the Super Bowl. So um, if you like the over, you can probably wait until and try to get a live over if it starts slow, and then it will probably start to pick up. And it, there's a chance it could be you know over the first half total anyway. Uh, and then you could try to find a live under somewhere in the second quarter or something like that, second or third quarter. Because then in the second half, Philadelphia, we we've seen them kind of take their foot off the gas at times, but they just for whatever the reason they have not been quite as good in the second half, just uh, 15th and third quarter scoring and 17th and fourth quarter scoring. Now, you know, is that taking their foot off the gas? Is it yeah. defense is adjusting? We don't know, but we have seen that kind of all year. So I think if you're looking for an under, uh, you know, somewhere in that second quarter uh, is probably the way to go to like look for a live under because uh, again, these teams tend to tend to really turn it up in, in the second quarter, both of them. So over the last 18 seasons, the first half dog is 10 10 and six with two pushes against the spread. Uh, and the second half dog is 10 and seven. So has been kind of a, a underdog thing if mm. you're betting it by half. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, they are the first half dog. Um, I think it's only by what, what, like a half a point or a point. Yeah, yeah. I think but, it's a half point right now. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you could, uh, even if you like the Eagles to win the game, you know, I think it, you would, you could see the, the, the Chiefs starting starting fast. You do have, you still have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, early in the game, the one thing I think about betting kind of the Chiefs early, whether it's, you know, first half, first quarter uh, as an underdog, is that the Chiefs' biggest advantage in this game is probably going to be them running against the Eagles. And <laughs> if the Eagles get up, that's going to be harder to do. You know, that's the, the, yeah. because of the game. The, the Chiefs don't usually mess around with 
you know, handing the ball off when they're down, even like a score. Like they're they're when they're in like a, a neutral to negative game script, they're they're going balls to the wall with Mahomes. They know they have the best pat quarterback in, on the planet. Uh, but uh, early in the game, you know, I think that Eagles 19th ranked DVOA defense against the run. I think you are going to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think there is more value than just meets the eye with the with the you know kind of dividing the game spread by two. Um, in terms of betting on the Chiefs early uh, in the game in this one, uh, and even though the Eagles have they yet the Eagles have um, kind of slowed down the second half, uh, I, I think that's a lot more to do with them kind of taking their foot off the gas. So maybe looking at totals yeah. in the second half, but just sides, I'd, I'd look at the Chiefs a little earlier uh, in the game. Let's talk some player props. I know you have a bunch of them <laughs> um, that you're betting. A lot of yeah. ones I've bet already. The lines have moved like crazy, so I won't. Uh, I won't bore the people with those, but they probably won't get the line anyway. So you, I know you have some some new ones. Uh, so yeah. With yours first. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. So um, the first one uh, I found, it's definitely a fun one. It's Jalen Hurts over five and a half consecutive completions at minus 125. Um, he's cleared this in nine of 17 games. So this is close to a break even bet at worst. But based on my Sims, I have this closer to a 65% chance of hitting, actually. Um, and because I'm able to create a sample size of 10,000 as opposed to 17. Um, so I was able to really dig in. And uh, week 12 against the Titans, he actually had three separate streaks of seven consecutive completions. So if those happened in separate games, um, his distribution would have lined up perfectly with what my Sim was producing. So I just think it's, this is a symptom of the small sample size that he's only cleared this around 52 and a half percent of the time. So um, I'm showing a lot of value here. This is mainly math driven. Um, so I, I think there's some sneaky value on this prop. I bet this up to about minus 140 or so, but again, this is just a fun one um, where you don't really need to have a, a take on it. Like he can, you know, complete two passes on one drive, and then the next drive, complete three more. And then the next drive, complete the first pass of that drive. There's no real game theory behind it. But based on his pregame projections, which I'm in line with the market, he should clear this around 65% of the time. Um, and the other Jalen Hurts prop I found that I love is his first rush attempt. Under four and a half yards at plus 110. Um, and his average. So what I did was I just looked at first quarter rush attempts. We're not going to see any kneel downs, things like that, that would benefit uh, this market, but his average rush in the first quarter went for 6.5 yards, but his median was 3.5. You know, we always talk about the difference between average and median. Um, so his average is skewed due to, you know, the number of times he rushes for like a 20 plus yard scramble. Certainly that's a possibility here, but on average, he's going to finish under this only 16 of his 36 first quarter runs went for five plus yards. Um, so, you know, the best case scenario for this market would be, you know, they have a third and one and his first rush attempt is a QB sneak. Um, so there's certainly paths for us to hit this and, you know, it's a, about a 56% chance he stays under four and a half his first rush attempt. So I think that the fact that we're getting plus odds here is a nice bonus. So this is another one they added, uh, to my, uh, player props. Yeah, that's, that's sharp. Cause yeah, it seems like the books are just pricing it, you know, a normal rush attempt, which is, yeah around you know four and a half average but um as you mentioned yeah there's, there's a big difference between the average and the medium because there's also a big difference between like a design run and a scramble right like if it yeah if his first run is a scramble he's more than likely going over but he has so many designed to run attempts like you said 
that it could easily be a quarterback sneak or, or, or something like that where it's it's you know it's going to be more in that three one to three range so yeah yeah that, that i like that um i'll give one and then you can get i know you have what two more yeah i have two more all right so i'll go i'll give one um that i didn't talk about i, I don't think on the last pod but uh jared mckinnon's longest rush uh under eight and a half yards so i got this at nine and a half there's still <laughs> value on this eight and a half and the more i look into it probably even seven and a half dep- looking at his season long numbers he's had a longest run uh, of seven or fewer yards in 74% of his games this year. Only 10% of his carries have gone for at least eight yards. Only 8% of his carries have gone for at least nine yards this year. He just has not get that one big run against Houston, the, the walk-off. Since then, he's had a long of seven. He's had 24 carries, a long of seven. He's run for 1.8 yards per carry. All the meanwhile, Isaiah Pacheco has run for 5.2 yards a carry scored a couple of times on much more volume. So like they tried to go with McKinnon in that first playoff game against Jacksonville, gave him 11 carries. He got uh, under 30 yards. It did not work out. So last week we saw Pacheco kind yep. of be, take that lead role. So I think McKinnon is going to kind of be in line with his season numbers or, or, you know, kind of what we saw last week where he got four carries. His median for the year is four carries. And for, for him to get uh, more than, eight and a half, like a long run of nine. I'm projecting he would need upwards of, you know, eight, nine carries mm-hmm. to get to that um, just based on his, his averages. And again, he's, he might not even get half that <laughs> in this game. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good value. Um, and even if seven and a half, he still went under 74% of the time. I, I do think that that's, there's a little bit of noise. I think the, the number would be higher, but at, at eight and a half, I, I think you could still feel pretty confident uh, of him going under, uh, uh, you know, probably about 60% of the time. So yeah, like, uh, like the McKinnon longest run under, cause I think he kind of benefits from um, probably not getting that many carries uh, as he was getting at, at certain points of the year. Yeah. And it, it sounds like Clyde Edwards Hilaire will definitely play in the Super Bowl, Right. So yeah, that, I mean, maybe he doesn't see any touches, but either way, his presence certainly lowers McKinnon's floor and ceiling, which this market kind of captures. So uh, another reason why uh, I like this under, yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone kind of looks at that Eagles run D and says, okay, they're at a weak spot. But they, first of all, mm-hmm. they have been a little better um, since they, you know, they got Sue and Joseph. But um, for McKinnon just, I don't know, it just, it hasn't happened for him in a run game. So it's like, yeah, got to go under it with him. But uh, what do you got for, I know you got another couple of uh, props. What do you got? Yeah, so I have one more Eagles prop, and that's uh, Dallas Goddard, longest reception, over 18 and a half yards. Uh, I wasn't going to get through the Super Bowl without betting <laughs> on Dallas Goddard. So I'm projecting him with about a 61% chance uh, to clear this. And that's notable since I'm a bit under his other markets. Um, I'm only projecting him around 4.3 receptions, and the market has him closer to 4.8 or so. So I just thought that was notable that um, I'm I'm under – projecting uh, why, do other think, why do you think you're lower because i think i have them let me see i think yeah I, I think i noticed that i think you had them uh a little lower than i had them as well yeah i have them 4.6 so i'm not mm. as high as the market but yeah how are you get how why, why are you still on the actual uh reception volume uh, um beats me uh <laughs> let's see oh you love know it. why love it you know why <laughs> why I, I always off the top of my head i have no idea i rely on my model but I think it's because his um, his catch rate this year has been insane. Okay, um, he's caught eighty three percent of uh, his targets. Um, so I'm projecting him closer to 76 percent. Obviously, he's a really good tight end, but that that catch rate's probably unsustainable. 
Um, so that's one reason. I know his A dot's been pretty low the past few games, but I, I have it going up closer to his season average. So there's there's a few things at play here. But again, I'm not off by much, right? If if we're talking about yeah, point three I, receptions. I have it uh I have it at 79. I was catch rate at 79. So I'm looking at Okay. Like, uh, yeah, I add about 95 of uh regression catches, like week average catches. So uh I'm I, I guess whatever whatever that's going on, his catch rate is so high that that it's uh it's kind of <laughs> overtake right. uh, that week average but uh yeah uh so yeah longest reception over yeah months. yeah so like even though i'm slightly lower than you and the market i'm giving him a 61 percent chance to clear this he's clear this 57 percent of the time this year so um given this is a game script where the eagles will probably throw a bit more it'll be a closer game maybe a trailing one um i, I think that my 61 percent projection makes more sense. Um, so I, I, you know, we're getting minus 105 on FanDuel. So I love the value we're getting. Um, and I, I bet this up to about minus 130 or so. But again, this is one of those markets that it, it caught my eye. And when I dug in, um, I was showing a ton of value on this. All right. And uh, I know you got one more. What else and got? yeah, I got a Chiefs prop. This one's kind of fun. This is based purely on math. It's Isaiah Pacheco to finish with exactly 12 rush attempts at nine to one odds. Um, and I'm projecting Pacheco for 11.7 rush attempts. And I always stress, you know, last week I, I liked Miles Sanders under 14 and a half rush attempts. Um, I always say every rush attempt in this market is critical. Um, and when, when you look at Pacheco's distribution, you know, there's a 53% chance he finishes between nine and 13 carries um, and 11 and 12 are the more likely outcomes. So I'm just showing a ton of value on 12 exactly. Um, I have his fair line closer to plus 770. Um, so I just like the value we're getting at plus 900. This isn't like a full unit play or something, but it's definitely worth a, a smaller bet. And I think, you know, the fact that, like you said, that the Chiefs will probably um, start a little bit more run heavy and then they'll just probably get more passive if the game goes on. Like I, I like the paths that we get uh, Pacheco finishing exactly at 12 rush attempts. So again, Love the value we're getting at plus 900 here. Finished at 12 twice this season, uh, including once in the playoffs. Uh, yep. And I, my projection, you said you have him 11.7? I have him 11.9. So I'm actually oh, I'm you would, right on right on. You would throw. probably show this closer to like, I, I want to say like plus 740. Are we so doing, the, is this the normal distribution? That like, what is, how are we? No, this is a Poisson. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poisson yeah, yeah, distribution. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the fact that you're closer to 12 exactly yeah. means you would show way more value on this than, than I do. But uh, either way, like, so so 11 is the more likely um, outcome, but we, we're not getting as good odds on it. So I, I just showed a ton of value at plus 900 here. Nice. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, exactly 12 carries. I like, I could see that. Like, That's going to be a fun sweat. 12 too, for 56, end. right? <laughs> uh, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's close it up and let's talk some, uh, some, some exotics. I, I think the, the, the big one everyone always wants to talk about is the Gatorade. I'm curious if you, you have any thoughts on this, but the way I'm looking at it is there's been uh, in the last 22 years, uh, there's been no Gatorade. Four times. That's 18% of the time. <laughs> so I, I actually think there's value on none at 11 to one. Cause that, you know, that that's, that's it, uh, implying like uh, single digit odds there where it's more it's closer <laughs> to 20%. So I think my, I think I'm going with the none. I'm going to keep it consistent, you know, all, all year with no fun unders, just we're going to go with the no Gatorade uh, at, at 11 to one. 
What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, the numbers add up. I I am not tackling this Gatorade prop <laughs> again. I'm just tailing you. Um, I mean, the Chiefs when they did win it, what what gate what color was it? Let's do we see, know? I like, was, I I can pull it up real quick. Let's. See. If there was any kind of like uh, orange, the orange, orange, it was orange. So it's been okay. Last year was blue. The year before was blue uh, with the Bucks, uh, and then orange for the Chiefs, blue with the Patriots. But uh, I was reading. Uh, in the athletic, they had they interviewed one of the Gatorade people, I believe, and they were saying that like they they randomize it, and there's usually like three different oh. ones. So really, the best thing to do is just take the the, the longest odds, which uh, are none. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. uh, I think purple is the next <laughs> at like plus seven fifty. Like just take the longest odds if you're betting this market because yeah, they're, they're I, not doing it by like a lot of people are like, well, blue is in three of the last four, so there's value on blue. No, it's they're, they're not doing it by team color. They're just they're just literally randomizing it. So it's either none or just take the best yeah. color. That that would be I I'm you know, I'm gonna join you on this none. Yeah. Um I just Sirianni runs such a tight ship. He's not gonna <laughs> deal with he's not gonna deal with bullshit, you know, pouring Gatorade over. He's probably gonna tell him don't do that. Um and you know, they need read, I don't they might not even do the Gatorade, they might bring out a cheeseburger, right? right like there's right. other it's, ways of celebrating candy, right? <laughs> I think people are gonna get more creative than just dumping a tub of Gatorade on the coach. So I think it's even more likely going forward that none's gonna happen because they're gonna have some alternate way of celebrating. Yeah, so the last time none happened was 2017 <laughs> with the Patriots and it has happened more often than not with the Patriots. Go figure. Because <laughs> of Belichick. But at the time before, <laughs> it was 2013. It was the Ravens. So that's not the Patriots. So it's like, it's it's happened. It's happened. Yeah. Well, Belichick probably told him, like, don't pour Gatorade on right, after right. the game. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I just think what I'm trying to say is there's no real way to predict this market. <laughs> yeah. So I think you can kind of take advantage of the fact that the odds are different for the different colors and for none. And just bet on, uh, you know, the, the one with the best odds, which is going to be none more often than not. Uh, and then for colors, it's usually purple. Uh, all right. That is going to wrap it up for our Super Bowl 57 Propapalooza. Uh, thank you for hanging with us all season long. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it as a reminder. Uh, if you're looking for our main betting preview show that where we break down, you know, side, the total, all that stuff. Uh, Stucky and I have that one that's up. Uh, right now it came out on monday uh and of course stay tuned this week later for our best bets episode uh with brandon anderson vegas refund and jill gallant you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker you can find me at chris raybon you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app hope it's been a great season for you guys and uh we'll catch you uh, on the flip side let's get this money Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.